Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for this privilege and opportunity once again to bring your word this morning. And Lord God, we recognize that it's the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of truth who guides, who leads us into all truth. And Father, I pray and that you would send the power of your Holy Spirit to come and speak to us. I pray that you would enable me to speak your word clearly and boldly. And I pray that you would come and minister to every single one of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Alrighty, well, we are on... Uh the journey called I Am. Here we are in our coffee shop. You can see uh, even the, the title right here in our coffee shop. It's all about us. Well, it's definitely not about us. It's all about the name of our God. Because the name of the Lord, remember, is a strong tower, a fortified tower. And when you know the name of our God, it says the righteous will run to it and they will be safe. The more you know, not here, but here, the more revelation you have of the name of our God, the safer you will be. Because that will become your reflex action and life. You'll run to the name of the Lord and you will be saved. You will be safe. Now, last week we spoke about the jealous God, which was quite a heavy, I know. And, and so my intention this week was to do a nice, light, encouraging. I was reading this week, however, and uh, what I do every year is I try and choose a different Bible translation just to do my personal devotions, just because out of different translations, sometimes different aspects of the Word of God are highlighted. And I happen to be in James chapter 5 and verse 4, reading from the New American Standard Bible, not a Bible that I've, I've read often, but it's what I've been using this year for my devotions. And I got to James chapter 5 verse 4, and it says, Behold, the pay of the laborers who mowed your fields and which has been withheld by you, cries out against you. And the outcry of those who did the harvesting has reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. Sabaoth, I don't even know how to say that word. But I read that and I thought, what is that? 30 years of reading the Bible, I've never seen in the New Testament this Lord of Sabaoth. And of course, doing a journey about the names of our God, you can understand why suddenly my, my attention was grabbed. I'm saying, Lord, are, are you trying to say something here? So... I went and looked up this word Sabaoth. What the dickens does that mean? And uh, here it is. It's a Greek word. And uh, it basically means almighty or of hosts. You can see it up on the screen in front of you now. A Greek transliteration of the word, that one, or armies, hosts. This title has the associative meanings of power and potent authority and pictures the Lord as a great powerful, supreme general. In other words, the Lord of Sabaoth means the Lord of heaven's armies. And of course, now I'm starting to think, whoa, whoa, whoa. So why would the cry of the guys mowing the grass outside come before the Lord of heaven's armies? Maybe before the judge or the, but why of heaven's armies? And of course, now my attention was grabbed and I've been pondering that. And I want you to uh, maybe picture those, those mowers outside, the workers in the field who are being unjustly treated. And, and I suppose in their protest, in their gripes, in their, in their, their just complaining, I, I suppose they were hoping to maybe catch the ear of the owner of the land or even better, maybe catch the ear of the mayor or whoever's in charge of the town, one of the city elders. But the word of God tells us their cries, the cries of injustice, came before the very ears of the supreme commander of heaven's armies. That's a big thing. And so the big idea that I want us to grab hold of today and that we're going to focus on is that the outcries against corruption, the outcries against injustice and exploitation reach the ears of the Lord. 
the Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of supreme ruler of heaven's armies. Now, we're going to look at that passage a little bit more detail this morning, but I need a disclaimer first. I want you to know that God is not against rich. God is against corruption. We're going to read a passage today which speaks to the rich. But in this context, I want you to understand, God is not anti-rich. He's anti-corruption, injustice, and exploitation. In fact, in the covenant that we live in with God, God made a covenant originally with Abraham, and we live under that same covenant. It came from Abraham through Moses as the law. Jesus claimed that covenant through his victory on the cross. And now, as we enter into Christ, as we're born again, baptized into Christ, we become part of that same covenant. Now, what happened with Abram when God called him? He said, Abram, if you'll follow me, I will bless you and I will make your name great. And in Genesis chapter 13 and verse 2, it says, Abraham had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. So I want you to understand, God is not anti-rich. In fact, prosperity is a sign that we're living in the covenant of God. However, the big idea here is that riches can be built on one of two foundations. It can be built upon righteousness. In other words, riches can be built on integrity, generosity, and blessing. That's the covenant of our God. Secondly, wealth can be built on injustice. That means greed, corruption, and exploitation. Now, if you're a number two injustice, then I really want you to hear this word today. I actually believe, as I've been praying for this message, that God wants to speak to a few people today. So whether you're watching now or whether this message has been sent to you somewhere along the line, I'm trusting that God is going to be speaking to you today. And I'm trusting that the Spirit of God will highlight which category, your wealth, and you might not feel wealthy, but compared to many nations, chances are you are wealthy. What has your wealth, what has your riches been built upon? So here's the passage. I'm going to read it from the NIV this time. And in James chapter 5, verses 1 to 6, it says, now listen, you rich people. Now remember, not speaking against riches, speaking against the foundation of riches, if it's corruption, greed, and exploitation. Listen, you rich people, weep and wail because of the misery that is coming on you. Your wealth has rotted and moths have eaten your clothes. Your gold and silver are corroded. Their corrosion will testify against you and eat your flesh like fire. Yikes. You have hoarded wealth in the last days. Look, the wages you failed to pay the workers who mowed your fields are crying out against you. The cries of the harvesters have reached the ears of the Lord Almighty, which we know is actually the Lord of Sabaoth, the supreme commander of heaven's armies. You have lived on earth in luxury and self-indulgence. You have fattened yourself in the day of slaughter. You have condemned and murdered the innocent one who was not opposing you. That's quite a heavy passage. And that's why I want us to catch the heart today of this name of God. God takes injustice, exploitation, greed, and corruption very seriously, and he hears those cries, and he wants to act on our behalf. So, in this context, Jehovah Sabaoth, Sabaoth, the general of the armies of heaven, but with a specific focus on justice. In fact, I like to think of uh, this Jehovah Sabaoth as kind of the general of the Justice League. 
He heads out the army to bring justice and righteousness. Now, there's a couple of examples in the Old Testament where this revelation came to light. I'm just going to choose one of them. And uh, Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 12, quite a few times when Isaiah, the great prophet, was prophesying, he spoke about Jehovah Sabaoth. And in Isaiah chapter 2 verses 12, it says, The Lord Almighty, now the Hebrew word is used, which is Jehovah Sabah, which is where Sabaoth comes from has a day in store for all the proud and lofty, for all that is exalted, and they will be humbled. Now, what that basically means is if you've built your life on greed and corruption and exploitation, if you've built wealth, be it a business, be it personal, be it even at a national level, then it says the general of the Justice League has got a day in store for you. In other words, somewhere in his diary is your name, and next to your name is written, Humbling Day. Because the God of justice, Jehovah Sabaoth, will bring about justice. So there's a couple of big implications for uh, all of us, obviously. And I want to just mention three of them. How does this revelation of knowing Jehovah Sabaoth, how does this revelation get a hold of us? What can it do in our lives? Well, three big things. And of course, the first one and most important one speaks directly to some of you. And if this is you, if right now as you're hearing this word, something in your heart saying, God is speaking to me right now. You've done business deals. You've built personal wealth on, on what you know is not righteousness and integrity and generosity, but rather exploitation and corruption. Then here, I want you to notice a couple of things. Not what the scripture says as we read that passage. It says, this is what is coming your way. It says, misery awaits. Yikes. It says, corrupt wealth rots or rusts. And I'm going to look at that in a moment. It literally says that you fattening yourself up for the day of slaughter. Yikes. And it goes so far as saying that you have that same spirit in you as the spirit that condemned Jesus, the innocent one. Remember, and it's true, because that same spirit of greed was what was driving the Pharisees at the time, and they arrested Jesus and had him crucified. Let's look at two of those. Uh, what does it mean to, to rust? It says your wealth has rotted. Now, living here in Zululand, we know a whole lot about rust. In fact, um, just over the last uh, couple of months, I'm turning uh, 49 in a couple of weeks' time. And so I've got this project, 50. I'm planning my whole midlife crisis very carefully. And part of my midlife crisis or, or my midlife evaluation is I've realized, okay, I need to be playing a little bit more golf. Just to get out there, I enjoy it. And... Uh, and so I've been uh, getting the golf clubs out of the mothballs. And in fact, I went into our storeroom at home to, to find some different clubs. I wanted to try and change the putter, change this. And, and over the years, people have donated us their old clubs and we've had kids clubs. And what I realized is many of those golf clubs lying in our storeroom have actually started to rust. You see, if something is neglected, if something is not used for what it should be used for regularly, it begins to rust. And it's not just the clubs, my game as well. Now that I've started to try and play a little bit more, I've realized just how rusty I am. Rusty in terms of hey, my putting, my short game. In fact, every part of my game is rusty. Now, what's the point? You see, if something is not used regularly and for the purpose that it was designed, it begins to corrode and rust. Now, here's the thing God has a plan for wealth. And his plan is his glory. God wants to give riches and wealth 
and build it upon righteousness so that it can result in generosity so that it can result in glory to God. Anything else, and it's not used for what it should be used, it's lying in an investment somewhere rusting. Now, hear me once again. I'm not against riches. I'm against what is the foundation. The Word of God is clear. Let's use wealth for what God intended it so that it brings Him glory and honor and praise. So, the other thing it speaks about is uh, it says you have uh, fattened yourself for the day of slaughter. That's, oof, I need a drink before I get into that one. What does that mean? Well, they, James who's writing this letter is now referring to uh, that whole process of fattening yourself for the day of slaughter. That's the fattened calf. That was the tradition amongst the, 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 uh, the Jewish people that what a farmer would do is he would choose one or two of his, uh, of his calves, the best in the flock, and he would purposefully fatten them up. So when a celebration time came, that was the one that was slaughtered so you could have a celebration. <laughs> Excuse me. Now what James is saying is, if you're building wealth on a wrong foundation, you're setting yourself up as the fattened calf. That's what he's saying. Now, hear what it says in, um, in Luke 15, verses 23, 24. Remember when the prodigal son came back? It says, bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And so they began to celebrate. Now, think along with me. I mean, I'm picturing in my mind, if you've watched some of those bodybuilding competitions where, I mean, the guys are prancing and posing up on the stage, you know, with all of their muscles. And I'm thinking, if you're flaunting your wealth because it's built on an incorrect foundation with fancy cars, fancy homes, all of those things, trying to make an impression, but your wealth is built on a foundation of corruption, greed, and exploitation, then it's like imagine in the, the herd of cows, there's one young bull going around flexing, look how fat I am, look how good looking I am, without realizing exactly you being fattened because the celebration's coming. And here's the thing. The fattened calf doesn't get to enjoy the celebration. They become the, the, the celebration. My point is this, don't be the fattened calf. The point is, Jehovah Sabaoth is watching. And sometimes we think we get away with it. Sometimes we think that our cries have fallen on deaf ears. Jehovah Sabaoth is watching. And so maybe right now, I don't know, I felt God put it on my heart to preach this word. And, and maybe there's a, a couple of people who who listening to this and realizing that the foundation of your wealth is not godliness, righteousness, and generosity, but rather it has been exploitation, corruption, and greed. What do you do? Well, in a word, repent. That's what the Bible says. And the good news is that the kindness and patience of God is always there to rescue us and restore us and redeem us. In fact, it reminds me of that beautiful story of Zacchaeus. I love that story. I always picture Danny DeVito, that uh, loud-talking uh, man, always wheeling and dealing. And uh, he, was a, he was a tax collector. In other words, his whole job was to betray his own people out of greed and a desire for money. So this was injustice. This was exploiting your own people. People hated the tax collectors and they hated Zacchaeus. And, and yet when he heard about Jesus, his heart was stirred. Something tugged at his heart. And when he heard that Jesus was coming through their town, he, he climbed a tree because he was short, just like Danny DeVito. That's why I picked him. And I can picture him in his smart shoes and, and outfit and all of that, climbing up the tree just to get a glimpse of Jesus. 
And of course, as Jesus was walking through the town, it said he reached that spot. He stopped. He looked up. And he looked at Zacchaeus and he said, Zacchaeus, come down because I'm having lunch at your house today. And, and if you know your Bible, it's such a beautiful story. Jesus goes into their home and uh, Zacchaeus invites all of his other wealthy tax collecting friends. And, and I think the impact of having Jesus in his home, in his life, the lights came on. And in a moment of repentance, it, it says in Luke chapter 19, verses 8 to 10, it says, But Zacchaeus stood up and he said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Maybe you're a Zacchaeus. Maybe it's time to come down out of your tree. Maybe it's time for you to repent, to open up your wealth built on a corrupt foundation, bring in the light and love of Jesus. You know, there was a man who came to Jesus once and he really earnestly desired a relationship with God. And in fact, he said to Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And, and Jesus quoted some of the laws in terms of righteousness. And, and the young man said, no, I've done all of those things. And then Jesus, I believe, looked at him lovingly in Matthew chapter 19, verses 21 and 22. And, and Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. And when the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. In other words, Jesus tested his heart. What's really the number one Lord of your life? Is it me or is it your finance? Imagine if God came to you right now and said, I want you to give up all you have and come and dedicate yourself to me. I'm not saying that is what God is saying, but if he did, how would you respond? Would you be willing to open your hand and release or would you hold on? Now, here's the irony. We think to ourselves, no, no, I need my wealth because money means happiness. And isn't it ironic that it said the young man turned away from Jesus sad? In other words, we think money's going to make me happy, but by turning away from Jesus, he walked away back to his money sad. True joy, true freedom, true fulfillment only comes through our relationship with Jesus. So, what foundation is your wealth built on? If it is built on corruption, greed, and exploitation, then Jehovah Sabaoth has heard the cries of those you have exploited. So now, while you still have time, come on, let's repent and turn to Jesus. But what about implication number two? It's not just a warning for those who maybe have built wealth on a, uh, a corrupt foundation, but maybe you are that mower. Maybe you are that laborer. Maybe you're in a job. Maybe you have a background where you have been exploited, where people have acted corruptly towards you. You lost the tenders because of this or that, backhanded deals. Maybe you've suffered under the injustice or corruption of, and greed of others or a society or whatever you may be involved in. Well, the good news is your cries of frustration, desperation, don't fall on deaf ears. In fact, they come to the very ears of Jehovah Sabaoth, the general of the Justice League. I was reminded of a beautiful little story that took place in, uh, in the Old Testament from a woman named Hannah. 
Hannah was unable to have children, and, uh, but it was worse than that. Let me read a couple of scriptures from 1 Samuel chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. It says, because the Lord had closed Hannah's womb, her rival, in other words, her husband had another wife who had plenty of children, and instead of uh, commiserating, she was tormenting Hannah. Her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. In other words, here's Hannah suffering under this injustice. It's not fair. Why, God? Why am I not allowed to have children or able to have children? Why have I got this rival who torments me? Listen to what happens in uh, verses 10 and 11. It says, In her deep anguish, Hannah prayed to the Lord, weeping bitterly, and she made a vow saying, Lord Almighty, guess what that is? Who did she pray to? In that moment, she had a revelation. She didn't pray Jehovah Adonai, Supreme Lord. She didn't pray Jehovah Rapha, my healer, heal my womb. She prayed Jehovah Sabah, Jehovah Sabaoth. Oh, justice, Lord. Captain of the armies of heaven, general of the Justice League, I need your help. So, Lord Almighty, she prayed, if you will only look on your servant's misery and remember me, and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life, and no razor will ever be used on his head. And verse number 20 says, So in the course of time, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him. Samuel saying, because I asked the Lord for him. It's beautiful. And Samuel means the Lord hears, the Lord has heard. And that's the beautiful thing. I want to encourage you. If you that if you're in a Hannah position right now, Lord, it's not right. It took her here's the thing. Honestly, God's justice doesn't always follow our timetable. God's justice may not always look exactly what we had hoped for, but God is just. He is Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord, the general of the Justice League. Here's our cries of injustice. Let me leave you with just uh, one more implication. Not just an implication for those who've built wealth on a corrupt foundation. Not only for those who have lived under injustice and greed and exploitation, but I want to speak to us. As those who live in a nation that has been built largely upon corruption, greed, and injustice. Now, I prepared this during the week before the, the protests that started on, on Friday. And, and so in some ways, my heart was already charged because we live in a nation that has a sad history of exploitation, has a sad history of corruption and greed. What does that mean for you and I as part of this nation? What is our response? In fact, tomorrow is going to be a big day. I'm trusting and, and I believe our nation even right now sits on a precipice and could go either way. We need the intervention of Jehovah Sabaoth. We need Jehovah to hear our cries and act on our behalf. We need the armies of heaven to be released over our nation at such a critical time as this. So let's not think that our cries have not been heard, but rather, church, I'm calling us to pray, to pray. I want just to grab hold of this revelation. Jehovah Sabaoth, I know that you're here. I know that you're the captain, the supreme leader of the hosts of heaven. You are the general of the Justice League. We need you. In fact, the Bible tells us in, in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1 to 4, it says, I urge then, 
that first of all, that petitions, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, for kings and all those in authority. First off, praying for kings and all those in authority. Church, this is a time where we need to come before the throne of heaven, crying out, Jehovah Sabaoth, general of the Justice League. We want to pray for our presidents, our leaders, leaders right around our nation on whatever political spectrum you might find yourself. Pray for the leaders of our nation right now. That we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. That's God's will, and we are not seeing that right now. We're seeing the opposite of that in our nation. In other words, God's will is not being done in our nation, and we need to pray. That we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. This is good and pleases God, our Savior, who wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. Church, this is a time where we need to be trusting God for a mighty victory. This is a time, I'm thinking of Jehoshaphat, who, who led the armies when he thought this is going to be disaster, and yet God turned it into a great triumph. Let's believe together. Let's trust together. Church, let's be praying for our nation. Let's believe that Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of hosts, will hear our prayer and act on our behalf. So, this revelation of Jehovah Sabaoth, the supreme commander of the Justice League. Number one, it should warn those who building wealth on corruption, greed, and exploitation. Repent now before it's too late. Number two, it should encourage the exploited. If you're suffering injustice, take courage. Jehovah Sabaoth hears your cry. And number three, it should motivate us as a nation to pray. Let's believe that God will hear and respond with the armies of heaven. Can you say amen to that? Amen. Let's pray together. Once you close your eyes wherever you are, wherever you're watching, why don't you bow your head and pray with me? Father, we thank you so much that you are Jehovah Sabaoth, the supreme leader of the armies of heaven, general of the Justice League. Thank you, Lord God, that you hear the cries of those who are exploited, those who suffer under greed and injustice. And Father, I pray once again that this would become revelation in our hearts right now. So Lord God, we thank you so much that you are a God of mercy and forgiveness. Where there's repentance and confession of sin, Bible tells us if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us of our sin and will purify us from all unrighteousness. My friends, if you have felt your heart, really, the Holy Spirit nudging in your heart, I, I encourage you right now to repent before the Lord. Confess, if this is you, Lord, I've been building wealth on corruption, greed. I've, I've explained it away. I've never called it that before. I've justified it. I've called it good uh, business strategy. I've called it this and that. But honestly, the Holy Spirit is convicting you. Repent. Let the times of refreshing of God come and bring relief, come and bring healing, come and bring cleansing, come and bring forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus. Friends, maybe you are one of those people who's been exploited or being exploited. Maybe you've grown weary thinking no one hears, no one knows. I want to remind you the good news today, Jehovah Sabaoth hears. And he who's the general of the Justice League hears. And he writes in his diary a day, a day of humbling for whoever is bringing 
that exploitation into your life. Trust him. Trust him. Just like Hannah, trust him. Pray, believe. God is the deliverer God. And maybe, church, if honestly, if you've been a bit lazy in terms of praying for our nation, we are the ones commissioned by God to pray for the state of our nation. The will of God is not being done in our nation, and so let's pray that it would be done. Let's rally. Let's hear the cry. Let's begin to call out to God, and let's pray for the leaders of our nation that justice would reign, that we would live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness. Thank you, Jesus. And friends, just last thing before I hand back to our MC. If you've been uh, watching today and, and maybe you've never opened your heart and, and you've heard a few stories about Jesus but, but never realized he is Jehovah Sabaoth, the God of, of the heavenly armies. And I want to remind you, to become a follower of Jesus doesn't mean you go to church. It means you open your heart to Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I encourage you to do that right now. Even if you've got questions, we would love to chat with you. We would love to pray with you. We would love to disciple you so that you can become a disciple of others. And that's why there's a response card. They'll tell you about the MCs who wrap up now. But we encourage you, don't wait. If God is ministering to your heart, respond in Jesus' name. God bless you all, trusting that uh, you have a fantastic week and uh, lots of love. Hope to see you again soon. Bye for now.